I do think knowledge is good. The more knowledge you have, as I say, the, the more idea, the more the more colours to your palette. But then the challenge is not to necessarily rely on those knowledge and, and, and that knowledge is too much. And to be able to get to that instinctive place, you just gotta you gotta wait. You just gotta wait and, and let these let the ideas uh, permeate, let them seep deep into you, and then one day, you know, it'll it'll just happen. And, and you'll be hit with these amazing ideas and then you gotta act and you gotta put them into your film or whatever it is. That is Karen Quinn. This week on From the Maker to the Maid. You are listening to From the Maker to the Maid podcast. Hello, hello, hello. You're very welcome back. Back to the podcast. Today is Monday. I'm late recording this. I set myself a deadline and I didn't stick to my deadline. But that happens sometimes. Hope you're all doing good. Hope you're about to have the most amazing week of all time. I think I am. It's going to be the week. The week where everything comes together, where everything happens. You're very welcome back. I'm Barry Power. I'm a musician, songwriter, wannabe digital renaissance man. Thank you to everybody who's commenting, liking, listening and subscribing. Uh, From the Maker to the Maid is my podcast. Every week I sit down with artists and creatives to talk about their personal process and explore what it means to be a working creative in the modern digital landscape. On the show this week is Kieran Quinn. Sligo native, Kieran is a pianist, a composer, a band leader and an arranger. His enthusiasm is matched only by his prolific output. In the past seven years, he's written, produced and released three albums and an EP. His latest album, entitled A Year of Wednesdays, comes out appropriately enough on Wednesday the 20th of November. In addition to this busy schedule, he's also an educator, teacher uh, and producer of the acclaimed Sligo Theme Nights, where a huge range sometimes upwards of 100 artists of Sligo's immense musical talent and community spirit is showcased through the music of such artists as Bruce Springsteen, Burt Bacharach and Stevie Wonder. Not only this, but he also finds the time to write a daily blog about music, performance and motivation. Some upcoming gigs he has, the Hawkswell Theatre in Sligo on November 22nd, celebrating the album release. And theme night number 26 will be happening in Vicker Street on Thursday, the 23rd of April, 2020. The tickets for this one will be released at the end of November. So stay tuned to Kieran's blog and all his socials to keep up to date. You can find him at kieranquinn.ie and the blog is kieranquinn.blog. Those and all the other relevant links will be included in the show notes. So you can check them out there. At the end of the podcast, he mentioned a book by David Lynch. Uh, but he couldn't remember the name of it. The name of that book is Catching the Big Fish. And it's definitely gone on my list now. Totally going to check it out. Elsewhere in the episode, we talked process, the long path from theory to instinct. Workflow, why Bono never gets to play pub gigs. The Sligo music community and why you should always celebrate your wins, no matter how small they may seem. As usual, visit barrypowermusic.com, sign up to my mailing list, get my ebook there where I choose to shine a light. 
And brand new, if you'd like to help to support the making of this podcast, there is a brand new Patreon page. For those of you who don't know, Patreon is a crowdfunding membership platform. It provides business tools for creators and artists to run a subscription content service, which basically means that for the price of a cup of coffee or whatever you're feeling generous enough to give, that creators like me can spend more time on the actual creation of things such as this podcast, blogs, vlogs, and of course, making music. I'll be talking about this a little bit more next week, but for now, drop by, have a look, say hello, uh, patreon.com forward slash Barry Power. If you'd like to be a guest or you know somebody who might be interested in coming on as a guest and talking about their experience as a creative maker of things, drop me an email from the maker to the maid at gmail.com. Also, if you've been enjoying the podcast or you think you know somebody who might like it, share it around, comment, subscribe, and maybe consider giving it a positive review on iTunes. This helps with the visibility of the podcast in general. Check out the show notes and thanks again for listening. Here is the conversation with Kieran. I hope you enjoy it. See you next time. Kieran Quinn, you're very welcome to From the Maker to the Maid podcast. How are you doing? Good, Barry. Yeah, very well. Thanks. Good to be here this morning. Um, yeah, thanks for coming out. No bother. No bother. Uh, it's nice to see the man cave. Yeah, my studio. I must take some pictures of it and actually show it show it off a bit more. Yeah. Because um, it's been talked about a lot now. Right. And oh, uh, it's great to have I suppose, in, yeah, people will just have an idea of like a, a shed down the back of my garden, which essentially it is. No, it's very different from that, Barry. It's very yeah. different from that. Yeah. It's a man shed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we could dive right in, um, could you tell us a little bit about your background in music and how, if you can remember a time when you first were creative with music, when you kind of would have taken ownership, maybe written a song and uh, maybe taken it further from just learning about music too. Okay, uh, so I'm a piano player. Um, had my struggles with learning the piano over the years in terms of the way it was taught, in terms of... Uh, not enjoying the traditional methods of teaching uh, so gave it up for a while in my in my early teens and got back to it maybe 15 16 17 when i started um, figuring out stuff by ear which was a big breakthrough for me uh, so yeah and I, I suppose around that time um there was a there was a fella in school who played guitar and we just we just tried to jam a bit and 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 try a few things out and we wrote some stuff together or we I'm not sure do we write together but maybe he brought some stuff to me and I put some piano to it or I brought some stuff to him and he he brought a guitar to it you know so that was that was probably the first yeah. experience of actually writing something it was very natural then yeah yeah it came it came easily enough it it, it was it, it was an instrumental piece or they were instrumental pieces okay yeah they didn't they weren't songs neither of us were Neither of us particularly particularly fancied ourselves as 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 singers, uh, so they were instrumental pieces, and and that's that's remained with me that I that 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 coming up with melodies and chords comes fairly naturally to me. Yeah, and um, so you do you, you wouldn't write kind of lyrically. You you don't write much. Well, I have. I'd say I've probably written. I don't know, ten to fifteen songs in the last three four years. You know. Uh, and you know, recorded most of those, uh, not for myself to sing. Generally, I, I've done one or two, but generally for other singers. But I definitely find the lyrics harder. 
yes uh, than the than than the melody and the chords you know so um it's it's yeah uh, uh i'm not quite sure why but um uh possibly lack of practice or because i'm, I'm not a singer myself and i don't I, I don't it's harder to to write lyrics for somebody else maybe i don't know but yeah there uh, seems to be something about words in general that are that they're kind of separate from from music in a lot of ways and I, I, you know i know that sounds funny but there's something about uh using words kind of brings something out of you maybe that's more kind of direct emotionally i guess and that can be that can be tricky to yeah actually yeah yeah um yeah that rings a bell barry especially as a as a 17 year old Hmm. that was that definitely held me back i think i do remember that feeling of oh wow i can't tell the world what i'm really feeling because i suppose you hadn't really figured it out yourself or you weren't sure whether it was the right thing to be feeling in front of your mates yeah, or whatever yeah. it was so definitely yes that that definitely rings a bell well i i i, I kind of say that because that that's the experience i've had with with writing lyrics is that you could kind of be a little bit more ambiguous musically but lyrically, it's like, well, you know, now that kind of opens the door a little bit to, to let people in a little bit more. And um, I I wasn't really that comfortable with that for a long time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can I can empathize with that. Um, yeah, now I don't think it's that so much. Uh, I just find it hard to write. I don't find it hard to write, you know, not writing words down is not a, an issue for me. It's just possibly it's because I'm not a singer or I don't sing them. Mm-hmm. And and I and so, you know, I've had experiences where I've written I've written songs and brought them to singers. And, you know, they've they've said quite legitimately and quite honestly, which I which I valued, you know, I love the tune and I love the chords. And, you know, a lot of the words are great, but there's would you consider changing this line or this line and. I absolutely is would. It, is that just more of a technical? Some of the words are harder to sing, and you probably wouldn't have composed it with that in mind. That's maybe. part of it. That's because uh, I know singers love to if if it's if it's a long note or if it's a real belter of a note, they like it to be on certain vowel sounds. Yes. you know, which which I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have got at all. But then there's also it's not just that it's not just that it's also maybe the the phrasing or the way I put something. Just mightn't have, uh, mightn't have been to their to their taste or to their liking, I suppose, and that's that's great feedback to get, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's it's a different experience, I suppose, writing songs with a, a different singer in mind. You know, would that give you a kind of a different, a different slant on what you're writing about? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like. It's not that I rarely have I sat down and said, right, this song is going to be for this singer. I just sort of, I just know that it's not for me, you know? Um, uh, and like I say, there's one or two songs I have sung and, and I de- yeah, it's more comfortable when you're, when you know you're doing it yourself, I think, you know? Mm. Uh, whereas, yeah, and I mean, some singers, you know, they, they know immediately, this is a great song or I'm not, I'm not keen on singing this song and uh, others, others will try anything and, and say, yeah, yeah, let's give that a go. Let's give that a go. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's, 
yeah i just guess i find it more difficult than 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 the other the other side yeah well you're not alone i think i think you know lyrically i think it's it's the most challenging part and you know i i i haven't written actually for other people to to sing it so i'm i'm not sure what that's like but (laughs) yeah but i'm sure there are people out there who find lyrics easier yeah you know so maybe i just need to find someone like that and and say right let's do something but you need a what was elton john exactly bernie Taupin. yeah yeah um, you need a Bernie Taupin. It's a little bit funny, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so um, how would you go about composing a melody? Now, do you have a process, or is it very natural? Uh, let me think. So, there's a few. It's not just one way all the time. Certainly, okay. So, uh, sometimes it's okay. You know, you want to reflect a certain mood in in this piece of music. Uh, and so you pick scales, notes that are going to reflect that mood, I suppose. Um, other times it's, uh, I want to write something along the lines of this song that I really like, or this piece okay, of music yeah, that I really yeah. like. And it, it, you have that style or you have that uh, groove or whatever it is in your head and you just sort of put your own twist. Or that, that, that's, that's the starting point and you see what you can come up with along those lines. Other times, uh, it's it's you know it's it's just sit down and play, and see mm-hmm. what comes out. Yeah. So, there there are three definite processes that, that I use. Uh, you know whether whether it's, I'm not sure which one I prefer necessarily, but there's there's three I can think of straight away. So it's certainly not the same process all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's really good that you that you mix things up. Do you find I was I was speaking to. Um, Jennifer McMahon and she you know has a, has a jazz in uh, education uh, from New Park as you know as do I and you you were there too um do you find she was saying that well we were talking about how sometimes you fall back on the theoretical side of music to write um because it makes sense to do that rather than writing from a more instinctual place so maybe that the theory could kind of take away a little bit from the instinct if that makes sense and when you mentioned you know i'll i'll use modes or chords a certain way because they will give a, a certain mood and emotion um is do you ever is that a factor when you write there's a loaded question for you now. <laughs> yeah yeah i think it is barry you know i i'd certainly find myself uh falling sometimes back into expected patterns or patterns that i've used before I'm a great man for the descending bass line. Yeah. You know, piano man style, I suppose. You know, I've just, not consciously, but just listening back to a lot of my songs or my pieces, they use, they use that. It might, you know, it might be the one and then the five over seven into the six minor into the, the one over five. That's sort of, then down to the four. That's sort of progression, you know. And uh, like I say, it's not something I've consciously done, but listening back, it's something I have, I've used a lot in, in various pieces. Um but say I, if you if you were like stuck on a piece and go, I'm not quite sure where where this is going to go next. Do you find you often will write more, I suppose, by kind of what's in your ear, or do you kind of lean on maybe what would be in your mind as technically right? Does that ever come in yeah. to your writing? Well, sometimes you know what. Sometimes, especially if you're on say the 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 middle eight section of the song, or if or you know on the B section of a song. 
and you've you've changed key a little bit and you're looking to get back to the original key at the mm -hmm. end of this section uh, so sometimes then I will think right if I'm going back to the key of F you know you're looking for a C7 chord or you're looking for a, a, a 2-5 so a G minor into a C7 for, for example so I will try that which that progression which has come from my head yeah but I certainly won't use it unless it, it, it agrees with my ear do you know what I mean? Yeah, so the yeah, head can yeah. the head can provide ideas, um, but but sometimes that's the wrong progression for the for the nature of the song. And you, I suppose you rely on your taste at that stage to, to and your ear and what you like to 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 determine whether you're going to actually use it or not. Yeah. So certainly in terms of ideas, I would you know I would rely on on knowledge. Do you, th and theory. Do you think it's a good place for ideas, knowledge, and theory? Because there's kind of there's. With everyone I've spoken to, there's like there's two schools of thought on it. It's like some people are more intuitive and they go, well, if I learn too much, I'll just rely on that. And, you know, there'll be a kind of a an in-between between what I want to write and the kind of technical things. And then there's people who go, well, music theory is a tool in the same way that anything else is the tool. And it just gives you more colors in your palette. So I suppose where, where do you lie on it? I guess. I'd be on the second one. You know, the second option, I think the more you know, the better off you are. Um, I, 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 you know, we in Sligo, we have a brilliant jazz festival every summer. And uh, Kenny Werner was over one year. Uh, who's He wrote the book Effortless Mastery and is a world-renowned jazz pianist and, and educator, actually. And he was the piano tutor one year and I was sitting in on his class. And so what he did was he got everybody up uh, to play for a minute or two and he you know he made a comment and sort of gave made some suggestions so it was a master class sort of format mm -hmm. and this guy got up and was just he was clearly improvising passionately and, and was so into it and was and was feeling everything that came out of his head and trying to get it onto the piano and it was it was gorgeous like it was really nice uh but kenny werner being Kenny Werner and having all the knowledge and theory he had, he says, man, I love, I love your expression. I love the way you can, you put your heart and soul into that, but you don't know what you're doing. Right. He says, if you can marry that, that artistic uh, gene in you with more knowledge, you have the ability to compose some amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it struck a chord in me, you know, I, I do, you know, I I do think knowledge is good. The more yes. knowledge you have, as I say, the, the more idea, the more the more colours to your palette, as you said, Barry. Um, but then the challenge is not to necessarily rely on those knowledge and, and, and that knowledge is too much, and to be able to get to that instinctive place. Yes, yeah. Um, it's to make the knowledge instinctive, I suppose, is is the goal. But yeah, do you know when when you mentioned first of all how you came from learning the instrument kind of technically when you were younger but then you kind of left that aside and then went back to it when you're a teenager is there a kind of a disconnect between the way you know younger musicians are being taught that the theory important as it is you know is also kind of a it's pushing back pushing people away from from instruments and things we like we all know somebody who I can play grade eight piano. It's like, play me something. Oh, I can't play anything. But you did piano for like seven years. And it's like, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> you yeah, know, and yeah. it, it, it drives a wedge there. So I'm just curious 
I suppose it's my own curiosity of this kind of learned learned idea as opposed to an instinctual idea and you know that kind of grey area mm. oh well, look I could talk all day about the way piano is taught and you know for some people the grade system works because that if that's if, if you want to learn to read music and to you know be, play classical music uh, have really good technique um, the grade system is a good system for you uh, but for, for too many people it was the only system and there was no alternative and hence you have people who thought they'd like to play the piano and learned this way but this wasn't the way they wanted to play at all um, and so you know I think I think there is a little bit more variety to how the piano is taught these days and it's something I feel very passionately about I guess given my history as you mentioned um, uh, you know I always I always thought when I was a kid why can't the piano be taught like the guitar is taught yeah right? so the guitar is taught you learn chords to songs you like uh, and if there's a solo there you know in the middle of the song you learn how to play the solo and that's how you learn the guitar really you know yeah that's, yeah, that's a yeah. big part of it and that's that's just that just makes so much more sense than the way that the piano is traditionally taught you know so why can't on the piano that you learn if you learn the songs you like learn the chords to the songs you like and learn some solos and that that covers about 90 percent of what you need to be able to do it does yeah. you know especially the, the transcription of solos like that that's such a brilliant learning tool um uh, I think I, I think I, I, trans- I'm straight from your yeah. question, Barry. I'm sorry, but well, no, I suppose it was kind of a, it, it, you know, it was an all-encompassing question, really. You know, yeah. theory versus intuition, but yeah. like it's a kind of an unanswerable one. Um, it's just something that I that I've noticed that I'm curious about myself in in my own writing. Um, is that I'll tend to fall back on, uh, theoretical ideas and kind of it'll be formulaically it'll be, it'll be right. But it might not necessarily be what I mean or what I want to say. And I think, you know, creating something from a place that's what you want to say is is probably the goal for me. Correct. Correct. I agree with you. But I don't think knowledge necessarily is a is a limiter on that. You know, I think it's up to us as composers to realize when we are being we are falling back on on inst- or not on, on on regular patterns that we use or falling back on this sounds like it should be right so i'm going to use it i think it's really up to us i mean you look at i don't know take leonard bernstein right one of the great film composers he had a hell of a, a hell of a lot of knowledge oh yeah you know a hell of a lot of theory Just look at it's, those harvard lectures that yeah yeah the stuff he phenomenal yeah. phenomenal musician and composer you know but yet could could get to that place where his music reflected exactly the music he wrote it reflected exactly what he wanted to say with it mm. or, jo- or John Coltrane or someone yeah there, oh, there's, I'm, there's, I'm sure there's loads of examples wild so I, concepts yeah. yeah so I think it's up to us as composers to to you know I certainly don't acknowledge it's a bad thing you know it, it, I just think it's up to us to realise when it, we're we're using it for the wrong reasons yeah I think I think from a jazz point of view, you know, you can you can definitely hear it in a lot of a lot of players and a lot of modern players who you see kind of on YouTube and stuff like, I mean, technical proficiency is, you know, it's off the charts now. It's like everybody is amazing. And then you wonder, like, where the kind of emotional content is, it is in that to a large point. Like, I mean, I can look at an amazing guitar player and go, oh. Wow, he's, I'd love to be able to do that, but 
is really speaking to me emotionally i don't really know if it, if it is yeah 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 I, I know what you mean barry and i suppose in my experience a lot of the players who you see i guess you know it's it's more a thing for the youtube videos are more a thing for for a younger generation anyway but a lot of those players are young younger and i find um you know when players are young being able to play fast is a lot more important to them yes whereas when people get older you know it's great that if you can play fast because you need to use that at certain points but it's more about expressing yourself and connecting with connecting with a song yourself and then hence uh, your audience connecting with it through you and through what you play so you know I do think that is a, a, a regular pattern among musicians as they get older you know when it's when they're young it's look how fast I can play and look mm. how many notes I can fit in whereas so I'm just getting old then <laughs> yeah yeah I think so I think we all are we spoke about that earlier <laughs> yeah yeah well I've got my man shed now so it's yeah, fine yeah 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 no I, I anyway it's just something I've noticed you know these these guys yeah like you say there's so many of them and, and because yeah. of because of youtube and, and the internet we can see them all now you know we can see every single one of them and what they're doing um but it's rare to find a 50 year old master musician who just plays fast yeah you know, that's for, that's for, a good point you know for them it's more about connecting and, and that's 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 certainly where i'm getting and sounds like where you're getting with it you know that it's you know, that, I suppose that, it that's, just that's comes the, from experience. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think it does. And you know, that's that's the goal. I remember remember feeling as a musician, I don't know, certainly ten years ago, seven, eight years ago, feeling that I I can express I, I should be able to express myself better. For the knowledge that I have and the technique that I have, there's still I'm still not playing solos. Uh, as well as I can, mm. you know that that I, and and because I wasn't bringing the emotion to it, and I felt there was so much more to come for me, even if I never learned to play any new chords or learned to play any faster at all, I felt there was so much more to come because I I, I hadn't yet added the emotion yes. to my technique. You know, yeah, I, I, I think that's that's certainly something that has come a little bit more. That's a that's a massive. A massive thing for anybody learning an instrument, you know, it's it's it should be the first thing you think about. But like uh, because I teach guitar, I see it a lot in that with tablature and, you know, there's the, with the visual nature of learning guitar, you know, you often have to remind the students that like, you know, you know how you how you actually consume music, for lack of a better term. It's like it's through your ears. You listen to it. It's like it's noise <laughs> but there's so much in in between do you know it's like well i'm gonna learn this visually and do you know that the technique comes in that you kind of forget that what you're doing is is you know is an audio thing so like in the same way that you can kind of forget that what what music does is kind of give evoke emotion or a, evoke a, a response you can kind of perform it from a more technical place yeah i guess <laughs> yeah no for sure for sure it's it is it is the aim you know it's the ultimate aim is to is to move an audience somehow isn't it with with either music you write or music you perform um and i guess move yourself as well you know yeah. it's, it's 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 important that you feel it and that you connect with it 
And if you do that, the chances of your audience doing that are, are, are far bigger. True. So um, just to talk a little bit more about your, your own writing, um, do you write every day? No, certainly not. Um, I don't write music every day. Uh, you know, it was an interesting year for me this year. Um, so I've been pretty good at writing, certainly over the last six, seven years, you know. So I, I have an album out I have an album out in 2013, my first album, second one in 2015, third one in 2017. And I also had an EP in 2017. So there's a, there's a you know, and, and that was not all original music, but certainly a fair proportion of it, of it all was original music. Um, and and those would have come. I was writing a lot more regularly in those in mm-hmm. those years, and so when it came to actually recording an album, I would have had a choice of what to what to put on it or what to pick from, you know. So I chose whatever I thought was the best or would would suit the album best. Since in, in twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, though, I just I haven't written as much. I've you know, I've written the odds. I've been commissioned to write a few various pieces, maybe maybe three or four, which has been great to keep it up. But in terms of just doing it for myself, uh, I hadn't. Uh, and then August August came uh, this year, and I just I just felt I had been it's it's something that I had been building up for a while, but I just felt there was all this music inside of me waiting to come out. Um, and so I took a week in August. It's gonna be a quieter month. I took a week in August. Um and just just wrote for the week oh yeah it was great and ended up getting an album out of it you know uh and recorded the album the following week so it was all done in about 10 days so yeah yeah you were we spoke about this before yeah so it's a completely different thing to writing every day but i just knew i could sense it that there was this this music waiting to come out and so i just 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 gave gave myself the time and out it came yeah and what gave you the kind of uh motivation to after you had written it to record it straight away and th- record it the way you did uh, well I, I you know I, I suppose I you know I had the idea that if 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 what came out was was half decent or I liked it that I would I would try and record it you know and um it's it's all it's you know it, it's, it's it's just me it's just piano just solo piano so I didn't have there was no logistics involved in booking other musicians or anything like that you know so it was it was easily done you just turn up to a studio for a few days and get your best take of each song down yeah. and off you go. Um, but it was certainly the most intense period of writing, recording that I would have done, you know, in, in up to up to now. But it's the complete opposite of, of writing every day, I guess. Yeah. Well, how did you find that experience of setting aside a week? And, you know, obviously the music had been coming, but, you know, did you just go, right, that's it. I'm closing everything off and turning off my phone. And I'm going to sit in a room. Was it was it easy to do that? Uh, the first morning was amazing. First morning, I sat down and there was the guts of four pieces uh, by lunchtime. You know, it just wow. it really just I, it was it was that release of everything that I felt that was inside. Um, you know, it got a little bit trickier after that. You know, both in terms of finishing those pieces. You know, there were so many ideas, but in terms of actually. Uh, tying them up and making them into a coherent musical piece that was tricky and then even uh, you know coming up with ideas for other pieces uh, you know it got harder as the week went on certainly um, uh, but but yeah that first morning I'll never forget it just 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 
Was you, could, you could nearly, you, you know, you'd be in the middle of one song and the next one would come to you, so you'd have to record that and then move on to the next yeah, one. Yeah. You just, you know, you wanted to get all these ideas down. And was it, you, you just kind of had built up pressure on yourself over the course of the week or you just got kind of fatigued from writing? I'd say fatigued. Yeah. I'd say that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it was more fatigued. Yeah. And uh, were you putting in like full days? And... Uh, probably five to six hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. That, so, that is intensive. Yeah. Plenty, you know, a lot of time. Um, and some more productive than others, you know, and, you know, some, as we were talking about earlier, when you're trying to finish a piece or you're trying to get the last couple of chords to lead you back into the A section and you're, you know, you're, you're, you're relying on your theory to try and come up with some ideas and nothing's working, you know, and, yeah. and, and it's, you know, you have to collect the kids from school in a half an hour's time and you still haven't got it, you know, and there's all those things come into it, I suppose, that, um, but 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 you know you just you just, you just keep at it and yeah and you, you you know you find something that you're happy with in the end I guess yeah so you usually <laughs> I'd ask people do, do they have any kind of rituals to get themselves into the headspace for writing but um <laughs> you know you just went for it yeah. for leather yeah 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 uh, yeah yeah that's excellent so how do you know when something is finished then are you good at like that's done now are you good at actually finishing things or do you are, if you're like me, you have like a hard drive full of kind of, or voice memos. Yeah, I know I can finish. I'm I'm a fin- I, I can I can finish things. Yeah, and uh, it's it's not something I find difficult. Um, uh, Do you just draw a line under it and go, "Yep, that's it, done yeah, now." Or? Yeah, and you might, and then you know, so you you you, I suppose you do it once. You know, you have your you have your your voice memo on your phone with your with with whatever the song sounds like, and then you know, possibly the next day or the day after, and this happened a few times in this week uh, that I'm talking about, that you'll come back to the voice memo and you'll say, you know, you'll, you'll listen to it with new ears and you'll, you'll say, okay, that bit needs to change and the ending needs to change. Yeah. And and then you'll come back and, you'll, and you'll, you'll change it and you'll find something else you're happy with. And then this might happen three or four times that, you know, that you, you, you just add a little bit or you tweak a little bit. So it's not like first draft and it's done. Yeah, you know, yeah, certainly, yeah. Certainly, come back to it, um, but uh, at some point it has to be finished, and it might, you know, it might not be the best, the hundred percent best it can ever be, but I think that's a better way to do things than the opposite, which is have, you know, never, 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 never produced anything because you, you you're you're scared of uh, it not being the best it can be, and sure, some of my stuff could be better. I'm sure if I. If I if I if I kept tweaking and kept tweaking, but I'm not sure I would have actually released it. Yeah, it's like know, fa- Father Ted with the the car, you know, and they're trying to get the thing out of the yes, car, exactly. and they end up just destroying yeah, it. Yeah, 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 exactly. So there's a balance there, and and I'm sure sometimes I've been on the wrong side of the balance, but but overall, I think it's you, you know, music's there to be heard and it's there to be listened and to. Like, are you are you a pretty good judge of your own stuff, or do you find that you need uh, some trusted ears. Um, I suppose I say it because an, an interesting thing that uh, Kevin Conley said um, a few podcasts ago, he was uh, he was saying that how I know something is good is I'll go and I'll play it for an audience. And if they react to it, then it's then I know I've got something there. Whereas I <laughs> like that's the total opposite for me. I was like, I wouldn't, wouldn't play it for anybody unless I thought it was good. And I thought that was kind of a 
that's kind of a brave thing to do is to let you know let your audience kind of guide you uh in in what you think is good or not are you good at are you good at being your own kind of judge of music or i would be i would be more along those lines and certainly playing it for others um i'm not i'm not saying i'm right i'm not saying that's the only way to do things at all but certainly that would be the way i would do things playing things for an audience i don't know it's 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 risky because it depends who the audience are mm. it depends what the context of the gig is it depends where you put it in your set you know there's all sorts of variables that can that can make an audience react to the same bit of music in a different way you know so you know if you have a, a, a belter of a song a stormer of a song that's that you know that just is high high intensity high energy from start to finish if you play it you know as the first number of your set you know the audience just not might not be ready for that yeah you yeah, know yeah, they, yeah. Might, they might just want to be eased into the gig whereas if you, you have them nicely warmed up and you and you and you produce the song towards the end of the gig when they're ready for it then they might go crazy for it where you know whereas and so if you're just relying on their reaction it, it's possibly risky because you know as i say there's there's so many variables that can determine what that reaction is going to be um for me you know writing a load of solo piano tunes and i if i go into you know my regular monday night gig uh, which is in a pub in, in sligo uh, and produce these yeah. tunes for people it's not going <laughs> to work love it. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. you know it's not what they want to hear on a monday night um you know, so I'm gonna come home and I'm gonna say, "Ah, oh, that's brutal. They didn't like any of it." You know, which might might not be the case. It just might be that you know it was played in the wrong in the wrong situation. Yeah, that's um, true. Uh, so, look, uh, yeah, I, I would rarely play the stuff for others. I, I give it. I play it for myself maybe, you know, three, four, five times over the course of a week or over the course of, of two weeks, and and tweak it. And then it just goes out there, doesn't it? Like then, you know, be it good, be it bad. It's just let the world make of it what they will, you know, because, yeah. you know, it's, it's, the world is full of, of songs that, that the composers didn't really rate, but yet have become huge hits because they just connected with an audience for whatever reason. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I would, I would be more of the opinion, just, just put as much stuff out as you can nearly, you know, that, you, that, you, that you're happy to stand over at the time. Yes. And, and let the world do with it what they will. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Speaking of advice, uh, we're going to change things up a little okay, bit. Right. <laughs> like, so um, would you have any advice for anybody thinking about being an artist or a creative person or a musician in in this day and age? Um, okay, well, I'd firstly say do it. If it's in you and if you're feeling it and if you feel it's something that you would like to do and you're thinking seriously about it, you know, go for it because... If you don't, if you stifle those urges, uh, you know, if you, if you don't let, if you don't let yourself be creative, if you're a creative person in the first place, it's not going to be good for you in the long run mm. as a person in terms of your mental health, in terms of the way you are living day to day. Um, if you are creative, if there's stuff inside you that you want to either write down or paint or sing or whatever it might be, I'd say do it and find a way in your life to do it you know it doesn't have to be for for your living um you know there's all sorts of ways to make it work but 
find a way to do it. Find a way to do it. Yeah, if, I mean, I can possibly go into more specifics if you want in certain situations, but no, I'd say, look, life's too short. If you, if you want to if, if you wanna create, if you want to um, write, and, and it's not even about sharing it. You don't have to share it. Yeah. You know, you know that's another thing altogether. But even for yourself, for your own, your mental health and your 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 well being, mm. I've never heard of somebody. Uh, I've never heard of it being the right decision for somebody not to do it. You know. Yeah. Well, that's true. But I suppose you you did mention mental health, and you know, if you think about changing up your whole career to have a creative career, that that is something uh, unfortunately to think about in in this day and age. Um, that like like as you say to just create absolutely go and create but if you're thinking about you know a sustainable career you know it's very uh it's very different you know it's completely different story absolutely and that's that's a you know i would approach that question differently um you know we we know you know as musicians uh, you know working in a certain at a certain level i suppose that um you know, not every gig you play is a good one or is it is one you want to do or not every student that you teach is is someone who wants to learn from you and is someone who you're going to get satisfaction from teaching. And there's, you know, people say, oh, you're doing something you love. It must be great. And it is great. I've no, look, I've, I've, I would, I would, I would struggle to do anything else. Um, but it doesn't mean that some days still feel like work or some days still feel like you have a job and you, and you, you know, you have to do something that you don't necessarily want to do, but you know, you need to earn a few quid or you need to, uh, you know, forge a relationship with somebody new or, or, you know, and, and there's, so there's, you know, it's not all roses, you know, yes, having, yeah. having a creative career as such, you know, um, you know, we're not Bruce Springsteen or, or Billy Joel who, who, you know, gets to do nothing else except write and rec- and pre- record and perform their own music. Yeah, I think I think you know? that's a, that's a, a strange one because you know, I think if if you were if you were suddenly landed on your lap that right, you have like every opportunity to go and just create for the day, you know. Your your wife decides I'm going to like you know, I'm just going to take the kids off and you just go and create. And you don't have to worry about anything. I'll take care of the bills, I'll take care of everything. I think that is a kind of a daunting prospect to, you know, sit in your empty room, yeah. <laughs> you know, and try and create everything. And it goes along with that kind of that pressure that you you feel when so there, like there is a kind of a, a pressure to create yeah. if, if you are. Creating if, yeah, it. absolutely. It's funny. I was I was um, chatting a friend of mine over the weekend and this fella uh, was at a party recently uh, in the house next door to, uh, to Bono's house. Right, and he was. They were outside over the summer, I think it was, and he could hear he could hear the sounds of someone singing next door, and eventually he says, "That's Bono, just in his back garden, belting out a song," and it wasn't a U two song. And, and and what struck me was, geez, I'm sure Bono can sing so many other songs really, really well, but he never gets to do it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? All his gigs, <laughs> the only thing he gets to do on his gigs is sing U two songs. You know, and that must get, you know, even if it's to 80,000 people or whatever, and even if these songs are huge hits around the world, 
it must at some level get a bit boring to just do the same stuff you know yeah so, you want to do other gigs and things yeah you want to try, like we, you know we all play lots of different types of gigs and 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 it's it, that's great that's a really positive part of my career is that it's not always the same thing and, and it, it there's huge variety in it and so i just remember feeling for bono geez, i'm just glad he, he sings other stuff too you yeah. know and he just <laughs> he just goes into the back garden and belts something out you know secretly bono wants to join a covers band yeah, and play yeah, in the local yeah, yeah exactly I yeah. wonder. I wonder what Bono's top five covers would be. Yeah, well, this was the, this. My mate said this was some sort of country and western tune. You reckon? So, uh, anyway. Yeah. Possibly some Garth Brooks. Who knows? So yeah, there are some of the kind of more negative sides of what's the best part about being a working creative person. Uh, well, it's. Don't rush with the superlatives. <laughs> yeah, ah, no, God, I'm just, I, there's so many, Barry. Like, I, I, I suppose I just got to a stage in life where I couldn't, like, I tried a few other things uh, and, and I just couldn't imagine doing anything else. You know, it wasn't like for me, there was, there was no one in my family or none of my friends were professional musicians until, until I went to New Park and found people who were doing this and who, who were making it work that weren't Bono. You yeah. know, regular people who were making a career as a musician work um, and so I've, I sort of saw it was possible at this stage and that just really inspired me so look I mean it's 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 magic that I get to that I'm about to release my fourth album you know that that's amazing and that that I have had time and the opportunity to sit down write record produce all this music that that's pretty amazing Um, you know I've I've worked with some amazing musicians. That's always a, a huge buzz when you when you get to sit down with somebody who you really like playing with, who's who's playing you really respect. Like that's something I I, I would never have experienced if it wasn't in a, in a creative creative career. Um, you know, uh, the 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 joy and and the and the the buzz you get from uh, from seeing you know somebody young who you've you've coached along the way or you've helped along the way. Uh, come up with a come up with a big performance on a big gig or or even just at a different level when someone manages to to play a song for the first time you know an adult who, who's always wanted to be able to play yeah. piano man and they come in after two months and they can actually do it and they're thrilled with themselves and so you know i know that that's slightly different that's that's the teaching side of things but these are all things that that happen in my career that wouldn't if i was doing something else yeah, you know, and these are hugely positive things to to bring. You know, we have a huge musical community in Sligo, and so when that community comes together and and joins and and creates, you know, such big, such a big sound and on stage and and you know unites the the unites the musical community of Sligo and brings people together, both musicians and the audience, and people are proud to be where they're to be from where they're from, and this is all down to music. You know, they're all again, they're all. They're all wonderful things, um, and things like that. If, if I was, you know, if I was an accountant or uh, like I was considering it in fourth year, I went, I went to an actuary's office to do work experience because I like maths. Um, but if I was an actuary now, I, I you know, I, I'd probably have a bigger house. But you, you would have missed all. I that. would have missed all that, and that mm. that has brought me such, such satisfaction and joy over the years that, um. Yeah, I certainly can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah, I think that that's that's really good advice. You know, if you are 
thinking of a creative career or if you have a creative career at the moment is to uh you know celebrate celebrate your wins when they happen um uh, because one thing you can you can definitely get sidetracked on is like once i make it or once i you know once the a and r man comes in the door then that then my life will be happy and stuff and do you know this is often like the, that's the fantasy uh for a lot of people and it's like do you know those small wins are are crucial that's what it's about you know that's you're absolutely it is, right it is and it's it's realizing that and telling yourself that and and giving yourself a bit of credit for it i suppose or, or just acknowledging it that you know yeah like you say you know i i could you know i, I can go to galway next week and put on a gig and i might get 20 or 30 people at it you know it's not going to be a mm. massive gig you know if, if it's outside places where i'm known you know um, and, and so you can focus on that and say, look, I, you know, I released all these albums and, you know, I'm not really, you know, I'm not really well known around most of the country. And you can yeah. focus on that and or you can focus on the fact that, geez, I, I, you know, I I actually I had Jerry Grennan and Shamie O'Dowd or whoever it is play play music on my albums. And, yeah. and you know, and and we had a great time doing this and we travel the country doing gigs and there might not have been a, a huge amount of people at them. But, you know, what did I learn from that gig? Or the crack I yeah. had on that gig opposite Jerry and, and, and the stuff we played opposite each other. We didn't care who was in the audience by that stage. We were just having yeah. fun. And so it, it depends how you look at things. You Celebrate know? your wins. Celebrate your yeah, wins. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, exactly, Barry. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. So just before we, um, just before we draw a line under it, uh, you mentioned Kenny Werner's Effortless Mastery. Have you any other recommendations of books or movies or... Any albums that have particularly inspired you and, uh, you know, maybe helped you in the creative process or any resources, any websites, any. Wow. Uh, sorry. Just your, <laughs> just might, your top I 20. Might, I might come back to this if you, if you want, but. Um, uh, I read one recently, actually, uh, a book by David Lynch, who's a filmmaker. Oh yeah, uh, he, he he Mulholland Drive, Twin Peaks. These were his creations, and he uh, he he's big into his med- meditation, and he's the complete opposite of, of what I was saying in terms of you know writing an album in a week. He's you just got you got to wait. You just got to wait and, and let these let the ideas uh, permeate. Let them seep deep into you, and then one day, you know it'll it'll just happen. And you'll be hit with these amazing ideas, and then you got to act, and you got to put them into your film or whatever it is. And you know, this guy's operating at a different level, and probably gets paid millions of dollars to do a film, and so can afford all that but, time. Yeah, but like his his movies are crazy. Do you know? Yeah. What? Like it, to be to have that much kind of creativity come out, and to have people big studio backers go, yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. off you go and make what you're going to make because people. Go see it. That's that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I suppose my philosophy is 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 and uh, you know I would love to try that and and put a year into writing an album at one point and and see, you know I, I don't know how to work out for me. It'd be interesting, but it's not something I I can do at the minute. I guess. Do you remember the name of the book? David Lynch's book. <laughs> it's blue. <laughs> David Lynch's blue book. Actually, that's a good description of it. Yeah, it's blue with white white writing on the cover. Uh, it's if square. you know what you will find, it. it's 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 like it's it's lots of it's 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 lots nicely of pages. written. It's, it's lots of pages, <laughs> lots of words. Yeah, no, it's just lots of little short stories. 
Um, so it's something you can just, you know, you can pick up, you know, you know, going to sleep at night and you can read two stories and put it again, read two more cool. the next night, that sort of thing. I'm sorry, I don't know the name of it. But that's, that's cool. I'll find out the name, but and yeah. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do Barry. Um, yeah, I, I look. I can give you hundreds of albums that that I liked over the years. Um, but but this, I suppose, one fella that has um influenced me in terms of creativity is a fella called Seth Godin. Oh yes, the so purple cow, cow the purple guy. Purple cow guy. Yeah. So Seth's uh Seth's view on the whole thing would be, you know, there's no such thing as writer's block. You know, people say, oh, I've sat down to write a song today and I just couldn't, nothing would come out. He sa- he, he would say, just write, just write. And it might not, you know, it might not be the best thing you've ever written. But if you write that and you do that every day, you're going to come up with a hell of a lot of good stuff over the course of a year or two years yeah. or, t- or 10 years. You know, so he's he's just, he, he compares it to speaking and he says, no one ever gets talker's block. You know, yeah, what well, they say yeah. might not be amazing all the time. But, you know, you're going to get some gems out of it. And yeah. so he would just say, keep writing. And, and you know, I, I suppose I do that in terms of actually physically writing a blog. It, it's it's a different philosophy to how I write music, actually. Um, but I, 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 I do that every day. And it's something that I say, you know, it, they might not all be amazing blogs. But, uh, you know, if I do it and keep doing it, it's going to improve my writing. And it, there's going to be some good ones in there, you know. So that is, I suppose that... That is that is my view on creativity. Um, yeah. Is 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 just to keep at it, uh, and it's funny because it, it doesn't necessarily uh, dovetail with my experience in the last couple of years as regards music. And um, it was more like that uh, previously when I was writing more regularly. But uh, maybe that's maybe that's the lesson for me from today, Barry, is to is to start writing music more regularly. Yeah. Well, you know, I find I find writing. I find creativity in, in general is quite seasonal. You know, I'll go through phases of, of writing a lot and then go through phases of, you know, maybe kind of consuming more things. So I'll like I'll watch TV or, um, you know, listen to albums and things. And then you kind of get this stockpile of ideas and it, it'll it'll show itself again yeah. later. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's lots of different ways of doing it. Um, but it's certainly fun trying it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming. And uh, yeah. Yeah, you're welcome, Barry. Great to chat. And uh, I'm sorry I couldn't remember the name of that book, but I'm sure you'll find it. I'll find it and, and I'll put uh, it in the If show I think notes. of any other ones, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know because I'm sure there are others, but I just couldn't think of at the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. We can put them in the show notes. Yeah, great. And the introduction. Great. <laughs> Listen great. back to the introduction and you will have heard them. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Cheers, Barry. Nice one. You are listening to From the Maker to the Made podcast.